Welcome to SPIRE, an incubator providing training and education for the LGBTQ community. This podcast will introduce you to queer thought leaders, thinkers, creators, and go-to experts. Sharing their innovative work and perspective to give you tools and takeaways that help you unleash and accelerate your potential. Good morning. We are sitting here with Nick Sewell. Nick is joining us today. I am. I am. So I'm really excited to have Nick here. Today we're going to be talking about um, something that we really kind of didn't have a chance to hit on the last podcast, which will be also posted in iTunes. And this is going to be a little more geared toward um, professionals that are working in a corporate environment. And I know that there was an, an area that you really wanted to touch on that we really didn't. We were focused on mindset and kind of right, a bigger right. bigger picture of things. And so I just wanted to, um, we wanted to come back and, and dive into that a little bit. So um, in the bio, you'll find a little bit more out about Nick and what, what uh, Nick has done professionally uh, and kind of the lofty goals and dreams that, uh, that you have for creating global change. Yeah. So, thank you, Nick, for joining us. Oh, no, thank you. Thanks for your patience today, too. Man, it was a hustle. (laughs) Gotta love New York. New York City, getting around can be quite challenging at times. Oh, man. But in any case, no, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, you know, we had talked a few minutes ago before we started about uh, entrepreneurship and, and sort of showing up in the corporate world. And I think that, and I feel like yesterday that's one of the things that we, that I didn't really get a chance, well, I didn't get a chance to, to touch on because I was kind of riffing off of other things, but um, I know that we're both entrepreneurs, you know, and so it's been interesting to make a transition from the entertainment space where I've, you know, I've been a music manager, I produce, you know, some really great film festivals, <clears throat> and then going into a space that for me really moved the needle more. So. You know, I'm a, I'm a social engineer, and when companies uh, call me uh, and want to work with me, it's it's typically around ideation and strategy. Um, but there, and so I look at that as a beloved above the line kind of challenge. But what's really going on, I find, is that below the line, and that's and that's more so about what their beliefs are about mm-hmm. the product or service they're trying to take to market or expand. Um, um, and so you know, with that, you know, when I show up. Um, there's there's two different ways of showing up. So I physically show up, and there's the there's the packaging, right? And then there's when I show up to to meet the challenge. And so I think, you know, one thing uh, for me that I've noticed uh, initially when I first went back to LA and began working in entertainment, uh, one of the first jobs I I was doing uh, was actually producing Outfest, the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. Oh, wow. And so where that environment, it's very you know LGBTQ focused. Um, you know, from staff, from the content, um, it, it's just sort of the focus. But then two years later, then switch and go into entertainment, where, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, it's my own company. Um, and then to kind of then make that switch into, um, into sort of, I guess, sort of redirecting myself professionally into the social engineering and business space, it's just been really interesting um, to be mindful of things like, you know, um, attitudes, you know, um, right. not necessarily dress, but I mean, that, that plays a part, but you know, who you are, you know, do you take on, do you show up with confidence? Um, you know, do you belong, do you, do you show up with a sense of like, I actually belong here, right? Like, right. cause I mean, there's, there's, and it's interesting because I'm kind of like a minor, you know, I, and I don't like the word minority, but I mean, I'm sort of this, under, I'm like of an underrepresented community of another, rep, you know, so I'm, exactly. there's just like layers, right? I've hit so many diversity boxes, it's crazy. Um, but for me, I think, you know, again, how mindset plays into how I show up, how I show up in the workspace is that 
I show up like I belong here. Like, yeah. like I'm part of this puzzle. Right. And, not um, like an outsider. Oh, absolutely not. Right. You know, because I, you know, one thing, and it's one thing I believe uh, about our community is that we definitely have a very unique perspective that I think lots of organizations and companies don't have. And so that's if you're that's if you you know if you're working for a company or if you yourself are an entrepreneur, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, either the founder and or CEO. Um, I think that you know it's it's mindful just to it's 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 important to be mindful how you show up, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and there's this amazing book kind of talking about what you're saying um, that references just simply by us being gay, lesbian, transgendered, bisexual. Oh, yeah. We have a different perspective and experience than the majority of the people on the planet. Yeah. So. I know that maybe you don't like the word minority, but you know there is a different perspective mm-hmm. that comes that comes along from that, especially as you said, being a minority of a minority. Man, it's crazy. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's you know, but it, it, it's all how you then take and run with that. Do right. you take and run with that from a place of crisis and and hiding and not showing up fully and feeling like an outsider, or do you show up valuing that perspective yeah. and knowing you have something to offer and coming in fully confident, um, you know, and showing up and raising your hand and speaking yeah. up. And uh, being really present with the people. And at times I, I think, myself included, that I have kind of shied away or I've kept myself a little more isolated from perhaps more of the straight colleagues. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think, you know, it's a, it's a good conversation to have, especially as, as we thought we are talking about how do you show up in the yeah. workplace and how are you making sure that, how are you looking at and being thoughtful of how you're showing up in advance while you're there and you know, before and after you, you get there. Yeah, and it's so interesting too because I mean, there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of parallels between being someone of color and being on the, you know, being a part of the LGBTQ community. And it's like, you know, so, you know, when I show up, it's like some, some things can, can be hidden, some things cannot be hidden, right? Um, and I think for me, it's important to dismiss that way of thinking. Because so often, you know, there's times where you want to hide. You want to. There's parts of you you don't want to share. Things right. you don't want to say. But I think another. It's another. It's really important. I think that's why it's so incredibly important that we exercise the belief of I belong. Exactly. I belong. I am enough. You know. Right. And sometimes. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes you know, um, it's it just becomes important. And it's interesting because. You know, we're definitely at the, uh, I think we're at another peak um, within the LGBT community as far as, you know, societal, not really acceptance, but I think the, a better word is awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, part of it is, you know, we have a lot of opportunities and they just show up, uh, sometimes not in the way that we would like them to, like them to, um, but we have a lot of opportunities to show up in a, in a way that, that really does sort of Allow, it gives us the opportunity to change our own narrative, but then it also gives us the power and the opportunity to make room for someone else, right? Because mm. sometimes, I know for me, there was one point where in my professional career before I began you know, being an entrepreneur for the last, yeah, I don't know, seven, eight years, um, I was usually the only black person, right? right. And in some, of those, in some of those instances, you know, I was maybe two or three of some uh, of folks who are LGBT, right? And now to be in a space and to have my office in a space where I am very, I am like one of few, um, I know that, and I think my, I've practiced enough, right? So now my, right. so now it's my new default. 
and that it allows for me to make space for someone else that comes in by default. Just my like, just your presence alone, without saying anything, just holding that posture, um, it can send a message sometimes mm-hmm. that, that your voice can't say. Because sometimes you want to be like, you know what, you eh, for being such a right. ex to me, yeah, you know. But um, I think that that you can that you that we have to that we get to practice, right? Right. Having that kind of posture and that presence about ourselves, so that our presence speaks far louder than anything else. And we don't have to grimace or, you know, wear the, the extra rainbow to show, you know, that kind of thing. Because, you know, I think for me, the way I live my life, it's a, it's it's very seamless, um, and mm-hmm. it's it's from a very normative perspective, you know, um, or I should say normalized perspective, um, and uh, it just feels congruent with who I am. So I don't feel like I need to. Fight anymore, right? And so right. I think I've practiced part of that fight with <clears throat> with the color of my skin. And so I feel like with my with my sexual orientation and my gender identity and, and my gender expression, you know, I just I am who I am, you right. know. And I show up to the table and uh, and I'm going to bring the whole table, you know? exactly. And so I think, but I think you know when we shy away, I heard this. I heard this uh, this gentleman who's Latino, uh, LGBT. Uh, advocate and he's a part of the community uh, in Los Angeles and he said we were having a talk about politics and uh, running for office and he says uh, he was like you know when we shy away from the table from letting our voice be heard we give our seat away mm-hmm. and we don't Powerful. have that space at the table and I was like yes yeah, one of those things whoa. that like hit you you know and yeah. I was like yeah and sometimes you know it's about being courageous and I think that sometimes People really have this notion that courageous has to be like loud and bold, and I'm going to start a movement and and create a you know some kind of draft to run around my office. And sometimes courage is just simply being quiet and being a presence, literally at the table, right? Right? Or being in the room, or just showing up. Um, or sometimes it's about sharing your your unique perspective, either loud, sometimes just an email. So I think that I think there are definitely multiple ways to show up courageous. Um, and to be brave, um, because that says something about who you are. It's more about you and your process in your life and how you want, you know, things to... There's a way that you can have the environment bend to you without right. you having to be forceful. And I think, exactly. and I think you know, oftentimes, you know, with, with being a part of a community, we've been so marginalized and I mean that on several different diversity boxes that I hit, you know, sometimes the default becomes, oh, we have to force our way. And, and I think that, and I think for some, you know, it, 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 it's taken part of that, that that's been part of the fight, right. um, which has helped the other side. And I think both sides have helped, but I think, um, you know, moving forward, um, for me anyway, it's about it being a seamless process, right. you know, and really owning who I am and knowing that, you know, my creator just made no mistakes and right get your Beyonce <laughs> if you're if we're talking about Beyonce, get your flawlessness on it you know um, but yeah, yeah yeah well I I'm gonna go back just for a hot second because I want to touch base on <clears throat> you were use practice mm-hmm. and you use the word seamless and you know I think that we have found especially with Spire <clears throat> that <clears throat> practicing and having a seamless life an external life begins internally. Oh yeah. And so it's really giving yourself practice and time when you're by yourself thinking about if you're okay with you mm-hmm. and how you want to show up and what narrative you have inside of you about yourself and your external world and then that kind of manifests as you then bring that into your workplace. Definitely. Um, 
And so I just love the word practice because it's really that you're very intentional with, mm-hmm. you know, your thoughts, your your narrative, as you say, yeah. um, you know, how you view yourself, how you view your workplace, because all of that's going to relay into what your work experience is. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it totally has everything to do. I mean, so like, <clears throat> so the first law of learning is repetition, right? And so when you think about, I when I think about people who are on this uh, on the journey of like weight loss or even weight gain, right? Yeah. Uh, I think when people are in, uh, when they're in the space of wanting to change their lives uh, in a variety of ways, there's a, there's a certain practice that comes from that. So you have to do something over and over right. and over again. I mean, it's the reason why we have professional athletes who you know who are paying millions of dollars who are still doing like chest passes. Like you know, right. it's like when we line up, we're gonna run the lines. Right. I used to play basketball when I was in second grade. You know, and so it was yeah. like we run the lines. I mean, being a, being a musician, you know, we have for drummers we have this thing called the rudiments. You yeah. know, for horn players, you know, they have their skills they practice. And there's something, and the reason why that is is because it begins to train you so that you're new default. Right. It just becomes new default. Um, you know, another way of saying new default is, like, shifting your own paradigm, um, the way you see things, the way you see yourself. So when it comes to, so, I mean, the variables are different, but the, I, the variables are different, but the principle is exactly the same. So when you want to show up more confidence, uh, excuse me, show up more confident, you know, you practice that. You know, it's a, it's an over and over and over exactly. again thing until literally one day you go, crap, something that used to, that I would become insecure about, I no longer do. Right. You know, and so I think that's one of the, a big hurdle, I think, in our community because, you know, for, for many, they grow up with their parents not understanding or, 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 the, or their caregivers, their guardians, right? Um, and then we have kids, you know, who've grown up, who've grown up, you know, in, in the system. And sometimes uh, it's been fair, sometimes it hasn't. Um, and so, you know, we, we've grown up, we've, we've practiced all the beliefs and sayings of our family. And right. then we get to a point where it's like that. That's not working anymore. I want to be different. I want to show up. We have these people that we admire. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, uh, it's a guy named Will Smith, the actor who I love. And he's like, you know, um, he's like, I will not be outworked. He's like, I will practice these things over and over and over again. In spite of me already being talented, it's this, it's this idea of practicing something. So he's like, when I, when I step into a role, like I, I, I'm, I go far beyond embodying that role. Like I am that role. And so I think, um, you know, people say fake it till you make it. I think that that's kind of BS. I believe that you practice until <clears throat> you practice until it becomes a new default. You know, right? Yeah, so, practice yeah. until it becomes a new default. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what was I? I think the I think as we're thoughtful of the thoughts and words and narratives and and things that we bring to it, it's you're right. It, especially in our community. Um, I think that that's something that we all need to be especially thoughtful of, yeah. you know, because like you said, there's things that you carry from the family. There's things that you carry from friends or childhood and all of these things that may not even, serve you any or longer. Or even our own community. Oh, yeah, exactly. Man. Right. Sweet Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're so easy and at times to put it outward that, you know, the external heterosexual world is not accepting of us or is doing this, but you're Right. How are we as a community treating ourselves? Mm-hmm. How are we treating our friends? How are we treating those of us that are a different race, mm-hmm. that are a transgender? I mean, I, I think we probably have all have heard, you know, deprivating t- terms for transgendered, mm-hmm. for people of color, right. you know, for gay guys, mm-hmm. for lesbians, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we say a lot of things in jest and joking, 
but in a way it's deprecating. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, for so sure. it's like who wants to be talked about in such box terms yes. and by our own community? You know, if anyone should be accepting and be should be more of sharing, more of loving thoughts and welcoming, you know. And you know what's interesting about that too is, and it's in, so I I look at so my brain is very much like an engineering brain, and then after it's engineered and synthesized, and then it becomes like this creative problem solving. And as I've always been that way. Just my brain just works that way. And it's interesting as I step back and I look at different cultures. And I look at you know um, you know Latinos, um, um, African Americans, um, Asian Americans, um, you know um, you know, and, and, and there's obviously a variety of, of folks who come over to the U.S. right who are looking to better their lives and things right. like that, and who and then who and then who realize that they're a part of the LGBT spectrum. And what's so interesting about all of all of the communities that that don't um, that there's this like social paradigm notion that that they're other, it's like there's this need to sort of embody these like hateful words. It's like we're gonna reclaim them. And it's so, I mean, just that alone, that's so interesting to me when I, when I really do think and, and when I really do think and type out um, my ideas about that, and I do this a lot, um, it's just interesting how, how, how we have taken on these terms and these ways of being and it's interesting because you would think, well, if one group did, did this, right, one collective of people did this and it didn't work, then why is the next group doing it and the next group doing it? Right. And it's, it's just like to me that in my brain that yeah. just fascinates me. Yeah. And so I don't know, yeah. and, and it's interesting too because like you know where my um, <clears throat> where my office is in downtown LA, um, I have my own company and, and up upstairs and downstairs there's about for the people who are on the LGBT spectrum <clears throat> and we'll meet uh, randomly in the kitchen and we'll have lunch or you know kind of shoot the breeze every now and then and it's interesting to see how all of these terms come up and I'm as much as I'm charismatic I'm like hyper observant and so and I'm hyper aware and so I sit back and I think wow this thing is happening even right now yeah. and it, it, mm. it just it just it just fascinates me right. and I'm like that didn't we see that that didn't work? Right. Or it, or it created this like adverse response. Yeah. You know, it, right. it just it, it it blows my mind. It blows yeah. my mind. And so then again, as somebody who, you know, because for me it's like I've been here before. I've seen this before. Right. I've heard this before. Yeah, you felt that. And then I'm like, oh, before. it's that top di- it's that top diversity box. And then I'm like, oh, this box here too is doing it. Yeah. Or this collective is just it's just fascinating. It's, just, it's just radical. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's a really a calling for each of us to take our own personal responsibility to not be complacent with our viewpoints and our perspectives and our beliefs, to break beyond it and to practice, to practice acceptance and to practice being more and having a higher level of conversation with the friends, family, let's raise the caliber. Oh man. And I know you spoke on that. Uh, So for those that don't know, Nick spoke last week at the LGBT conference, which is why we connected because I really resonated with your talk, which was about being brave and being progressive and a call to raising the caliber of what we're all doing. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a, it is falls down to the individual. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's really what Spire is all about is number one, focusing on the individual as your best contribution to the community and your best contribution to life. And then how we then work together as a community to then improve our community as a whole. Yeah. But it really starts with 
the individual. Yeah, and, it's, and you. And it's crazy because there's so many, there's so many people who are like ridiculously talented, mm-hmm. right? But yet <laughs> these old paradigms, right? These old beliefs, they they trump the mm-hmm. talent. And it's like, oh, I can't run for office because I'm gay. Right. I can't run for office because I'm trans. I can't really teach because of what they say about gay people. It's, it's like all these things are like Latinos. Or like, it's just, it just blows my mind. And it's one of those things that, I, I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely passionate about. Because it's like that old system is the same way. Of thinking has gotten us thus far, right? Exactly. Be it that it's a great, great result or not, but to get us where we need to go, exactly, it's going to require something different. It's, and yeah. it's like creating more of the same by behaving and thinking the same way is only going to create more. And if we and that we're definitely at this point, you know, at this peak uh, in 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 our in our social climate, that it's time for a shift. We see it all over the place, Absolutely. right? And not and that you know within the politics and that this isn't and you know this is this goes far beyond the president. I mean, there's governors and and city council people. I mean, there, there's it's, it's layered. Yeah. And I think that we have you know in classrooms and in, in education and economics, you know, um, in, in the medical world. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you know, there's there's so much talent within the LGBTQ community, and that's inclusive of all the colors of the LGBTQ community. And it's one of those things that it's important because I'm certain that someone that's listening to this podcast, you probably have an amazing idea for like a B2C business, or you have an amazing idea for a B2B business, or you have a service or a product that will propel us forward, and it's necessary that you practice showing up confident so that when... So that when uh, your you know opportunity meets success, that you can then show up to the table and say, "Hey, this is that thing that I'm that I'm doing. This is my contribution," and you uh, you know you you shift the the entire perspective of of what people that look like you sound like you represent. And that's not just about an LGBT thing. That's about you know maybe it's your age, maybe it's <clears throat> your gender, maybe it's where you're from. You know, maybe it's your community. Maybe it is the color of your skin. Maybe maybe it's a disability that you have. I mean, there's mm-hmm. we have literally every color of the rainbow. And so I think, you know, um, to move beyond this idea of, like, we're limited because of who we are, that's a complete and total BS. Absolutely, yeah, right. And I think even taking it beyond that, what are the beliefs absolutely about your identity but, you know, we are also carrying things. If you happen to be from an abusive family, mm-hmm. are you going to choose that, continue that abuse on? Right. You know, it's, it, 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 it goes beyond just the, the LGBT issues and the identity, the identity issues that come along with it. But, you know, I, we, I mentioned this at our talk, which was, you know, we have become inundated since birth about how people have defined us or people view us. And that's just from our lifespan. Mm-hmm. When you look back historically, the LGBT community has been revered and held sacred through different times in human history as being the visionaries, the healers, the change agents, the teachers, the scholars. And so, you know, it just happens to be at this time in history that we have been this. If it was another time, we could have been, had a completely different perspective. So it's trying to, like you said, know, know your worth, but kind of removing yourself from the judgments or beliefs and views and everything else that has come along. And that's a very difficult thing, mm-hmm. but it does, it takes practice. Yeah. 
on your own thoughts and it takes practice and some awareness of what is in that mind and what's in that heart and really getting in touch. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you said that. So, yeah, and it makes me think. So I have a really good friend um, who's a, she's a PE teacher. Both her and her husband are PE teachers. And, um, and she lost about 150 pounds. And she said to me, she was like, you know, when she went through that process, it was more than just losing the weight. Mm-hmm. It was a whole, it was a complete and total mind shift. Yeah. And she said, the only way, she, said, she said, the only way I got to that point was because I kept going to the gym, even when I didn't feel like it. And I'm like, oh man, that hits home. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, you have those moments where you're like, it's a, it's a bad day. Yeah, right. And then, and then, and then, you and then, still have to drag your right. ass to that. <laughs> right? And then you show up, and then it's like someone on the street said something. Someone on the subway said something. Someone on the car. You know, and so it's like we have to, by practicing, and I know it sounds redundant, but it's really one of those things that it, you, you literally begin to develop a new muscle. And, um, and I think that it's, it's just, it's, we, just we, we have to. We have to. Absolutely. There's no way around it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick, for joining us. Thank you. Your social handles will be in the bio, and uh, stay in touch with Nick. Yeah. It's social media handles at Nico Soul. So N I K O S O U L. Yeah, and, and if there's any, if there's a, if there's businesses that are looking to be brave or be more progressive, I mean, definitely hit me up. We'll communicate and we'll figure something out for sure. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you for joining this week's Fire Podcast. Visit Spire.org to join our email newsletter and sign up for live events. Spire Podcast is produced by Talanya Geary and Ryan Espinoza. Please join us next week where creativity and purpose come together to inspire your thoughts, actions, and decisions.